going all the way. Last week, we spoke about finding the one. Amen. How many of you are looking for the one? Amen. Come on, ladies. Come on, brothers. Come on. You know you're looking for the one. And so we talked about the one. Now, the one is not who you thought it was or who you think it is. The one that we need to find first is Jesus, is God. He's the one. He's the one who completes us. He's the one that makes us whole. He is the one who prepares us for marriage. Amen? Again, a little feedback. All right. So he's the one that prepares us for marriage. So we spoke about God being the one, but your future spouse being the two. Amen? So today we're going to talk about finding the two. How do you find the two? How do you find that person, that future helpmate, that future husband, that future wife? And so we're going to focus on that today. Then next week we'll talk about sex. Amen? So and Pepper said, let's talk about sex, baby. Amen? Let's talk about you and me. All the good things and the bad things. Y'all know the rest of the world. Okay, y'all know Y'all know it all. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about sex next week. Amen. And see what God has to say about sex because God created it. Amen. I preached a message about three years ago called sex and it was good. Amen. But God created sex and it was good. Amen. And all the married people say amen. All the married people, what's going on? The married people say amen. Amen. It was good. All the single people say help me Lord. All right. Thank you for your honesty, Brother Caleb. Amen. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about basically relationship and dating and how we as Christians are supposed to find the one. Because basically, you know, many times we, 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 are, we, we do things the way the world does things, but the Bible calls us to be different. And so how do we, how do we handle relationship from a godly or from a Christian perspective? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come before you, Lord God, this morning, and we thank you for such a beautiful time we had in worship, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord God, for we know that you are an ever-present help in the time of trouble. We know that in the midst of all of the stuff that we are experiencing in our lives right now, that you are the one constant true friend that we have. You are the one. We are finding the one. We worship the one today. And so we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your strength, for your peace, as we've spoken peace to each other. We thank you, most importantly, for your love, for you love the world so much that you gave your only son, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for the love that you have for us today. So, Father, speak to our hearts this morning. As our faces differ, so does the need. Let us receive something from you today. We want to hear from heaven today. We don't want to leave this place the same way we came. We want to be challenged, encouraged, Lord God, and we want to leave a new understanding of your, of, of your love and of your word like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you believe that this morning, say amen. Amen. If you want something you've never had, you must do something you've never done. If you want something you've never had, you must do something you've never done before. That's the first thing we have to come to grips with. Because many times we operate in what I call a mindset of insanity. Insanity 
is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result every time. And many of us, we operate in this spirit of insanity where we constantly try to do the same thing over and over and over and hoping this time I'll get a different result. To my college students in here, if you don't study throughout the semester, you're not going to pass the final. I don't care how much you pray. You know, they, they say, you know, you know, there's a separation between church and state. But I guarantee you on, on the time of finals and midterms, man, it seems like the school is like the church. Everybody's praying, Lord, please, please let me pass. God, please, 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 please. I, I need it. But if you didn't put the work into it and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're not going to get a different result. You're going to get the same thing. So if you want something you've never had, you must do something you never done. The Bible speaks about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You take your notes, you might, write, might want to write that down. By changing the way you think. How do I become a Christian? How, how, how do I do things the way they do? How do I pray the way they pray? How do I have that type of experience? I'm looking around, I'm seeing people shouting and people speaking in tongues and people doing this. How, how do I do that? How do I experience that? By changing the way you think. How? By transforming your mind. Let God transform you. He transforms you through his word. As I'm speaking right now, he's transforming you. As you read the word, as you pray every day, he's transforming you. He's changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do. How about that? I don't know what God's purpose is for my life. I, I don't know what I should do. Should I take this major? Should I go in this relationship? Should I do this? How would I know? You'll know the will of God when you allow him to change, when you allow him to transform you. You allow him to transform you by renewing your mind. In other words, by thinking the way he thinks towards stuff. By responding the way he would respond towards stuff. What do you mean? He gave us an example. He gave us an example through his son Jesus. He showed us the way we're supposed to live on this earth. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. This world has its own set of standards, its own ways of doing things. And we'll get into that in a moment. We're not called to live the way the world lives. The very word for the church is the Greek word ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. Ecclesia means called out. What you mean we're called out? It means you're called out from the world. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called out from the world. In other words, you are not a part of the rest of the world. That means you don't operate the, rest, the way the world operates. And see, many times we get brainwashed by what we see on TV. We watch the Jersey Shore and watch the situation and watch Snooky and watch Desperate Housewives. And let's not forget Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of the OC and Real Housewives of Jersey and Real Housewives of New York. And now they got Real Housewives of Miami coming out pretty soon. Ain't nothing real about it. We're watching The Apprentice, and we're watching all these shows, and it's nothing but the world standards. And then we wonder why in the church we can't do it God's way. 
Because we are being transformed by what they say and what we watch and not transformed by this word, the Bible. And so there's a dichotomy. There, there's a fight. There, 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 there is a division happening because you're seeing it one way in your world every day. But then when you come to church, you see it a totally different way. And then when you tell the world, I'm going to do it God's way, they make you feel awkward, number one. They make you feel crazy. They make you feel like you're missing out on something. And they make you feel like, oh, that's old school. That's archaic. That, that Bible was written hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. That's not relevant for today. But the Bible says the Word of God is a living book. It's living. Once you, once you begin to get in that Bible, begin to understand that God begins to speak to you, it's living because it speaks to you right now in your situation that you find yourself in. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, Stop fooling yourselves. If you think that you are wise by the world's standards, <laughs> you, will have to become a, you, you will have to become a fool so you can become wise by God's standards. In other words, so in, 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 God's, in God's house, in God's kingdom, in God's perspective, those in the world who call themselves wise are fools. But when you're in the world, and you say, I'm living for God, they call you a fool. But I'd rather be a fool for Jesus, somebody. Who do you follow? There's this battle going on. And so some of the things I'm going to share with you today might sound out the box because you never heard it before. It might sound kind of strange. It might sound kind of old school. It might not even make sense because what you see out there is not what I'm talking about today because we are living on a total different level. We live on a total different plane. What do we have in common with the world? Nothing. You are called out. You are called to be different. You are called to be agents of change. You're not supposed to go in the world and follow what the world is doing. You're supposed to be leaders in the world. Let the world follow you. They should say, there's something so unique, so different about you. What makes you tick? Why, why do you act that way? How come when we go through all the same stuff, you're not even stressed out? You're not even overwhelmed. What makes you different? It's Jesus who makes the difference in my life. It's Christ. So when you live for Christ and you learn to do things by his standards, his ways, then the world thinks you're crazy. But let me tell you something. When the world begins to go through, who's the first person they run to? You. Can you pray for me? I'm going through. Can you, can, can you still pray for me? You going to church this Sunday? Remember me in your prayers. Why? Because they know deep down in their souls that Christ is the way. Jesus is the law of the world. They know. They know. But they're not willing to make the change. They're not willing to transform. They're not willing to receive Christ. So we're going to talk about living on a higher standard. Everybody say higher standard. Okay. We're going to talk about living on a higher standard today. Doing it God's way as it pertains to us being in a relationship. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here we go. I'll have a higher standard on, first one, who will I see? Who will I see? I'll have a higher standard on who I'll see. I won't just date any Joe Smo. Sisters, don't be tricked by the brothers. You look good. Look at you, Mommy. Hmm. 
No, your feet are tired because you've been running through my mind all day long. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Sure look good tonight. You know? And, and you're like, I do, really? Really? Got my nails dead, yeah. Like my hair, I got Indian in my family. I got Indian, I got straight hair. I don't, I don't got that kitchen. I got that straight stuff, yeah. And, all, and, and you fall into it. That's what the world does. But you have to have a higher standard on who you see. The Bible says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Here we go. This, and, and this is where it starts for most people. I think, especially sisters, you know, in the church, there seems to be more women in the church than there are men. If you look around, there's more women in this church than there are men. So what sisters do, single sisters do, say, God, you take it too long. Ain't no man in the church. She got a man, she got a man, she got a man, and I don't got a man. So I had to go look elsewhere for a man. And so then we say, well, he's a good moral person. So, I, you know, even though he's not a Christian, but... You know, he, he's okay. He, he comes to church every now and then. You know, so, and, and so we begin to water down God's standards to how he looks. Girl, but he got cheeky eyes. But girl, this is so cute. Girl, he got hazel eyes that they're not contacting real. Oh, my God, girl, he's pigeon-toed. Oh, my God. Look at the way his pants fell on him. Yo, dude, yo, dude, yo, yo, Look at that. Look at all. Look at how. Oh my God, that's a thick chick. That's what I'm talking about. Voluptuous type of stuff. Right, Pastor So, you know, we have all this stuff. And so we look, we look. We come down to looks. We don't look at character. We don't look at their future. We don't look at their gifts. We don't look at how they treat their mother. We don't look at the community. We just go down to looks. And it's more than that. I ain't saying it looks that important now, because if you look like a barn door, you need some help. That's why God made makeup, Brother Caleb. If you look like a barn door, you can paint a barn door. Amen. Make it look pretty. Amen. Come on now. You have to have a higher standard on who you're going to see. The Bible says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. What does an unbeliever have in common with, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Now, you're probably saying yoke. What do you mean by yoke? What does that mean? Well, a yoke was a harness. I need someone who's small. Maria, come in real quick. Amen. I'm going to move this one second. A smaller. There you go. Amen. Big stuff in little package, right? You know. You know. Okay. Back in the Bible times, and still today, if you go to the Middle East, the Polyland, they have these tractor trailers the way they did back, you know, back the way they have now. So what they did was they tied a yoke around two oxen's neck. So you had a yoke tied around someone. Let's, let's say you had two of me. Come here, Pastor Edgar. Because I, I want you, I want you to, to, to see this. Now, Pastor Edgar is just about my height. You come over to my right here. Okay. So they would have two oxen together. Now, oxen are the same size. They'll put a yoke around the oxen that was bent over a little bit, and then they will plow the land together. Guess what? We are equally yoked because we're about the same height, the same size. We're a great match for each other, right? Two oxen. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Edgar. All right. Unequally yoked is me trying to go with Maria. First of all, my back. First of all, 
The scripture's saying, why would you pair an oxen with a donkey? A donkey walks at a different speed than an oxen. A donkey is small and an oxen is big. If we're trying to walk together, first of all, our necks are not the same height. First of all, we walk at two different speeds. I'm dragging her down, and it becomes painful for, for both of us because we're not walking at the same... Come on, donkey. Oh, donkey. You know, we're not walking at the same speed. So what happened? Thank you, Maria. Give Maria, give Maria a hand of applause. So what happens is we are unequally yoked. That is what happens when you, as a believer, as a follower of Christ hooks yourself up with someone who's not a believer. Why? You might look the same on the outside, but your heart is different. Your values are different. You get mad. I'm going to tithe. Your man says, there ain't no tithing. We need every penny we got. But I'm going to go stuff in the church. We don't need to do all that stuff in the church. Let's just, you just go and just come on back home. I won't put the kids in Sunday school. Kids don't need to go to Sunday school. They don't value what you value. And you learn that it's sad for people now who are marriages that I know are suffering because you have one spouse who is committed to Christ, but then you have another spouse who's not. And so what turned out and looked like it was sweet in the beginning winds up being hell for both of them because they're unequally yoked. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Well, how do I know if someone's a real Christian? Let them talk. Let them talk. How would you know if he or she is passionate about Christ? You'll know in the first 30 minutes of your conversation with them. Sisters, don't fall, because you know a brother will come to church to get some. Oh, I'm just going to be real and raw today. I'll get worse than that. But brothers will come to church to get some. They'll sit in church. They'll come with you. They'll take you home. They'll do all that. But they'll hit it and they'll split it and leave. Come on, can I be real? All right, we got, we got adults in the room. All right? And that's what they'll do. So don't be fooled. Oh, I'll go to the church. Yeah, I'll go. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do. They'll do all that stuff just to get some. Because men are hunters. We will sit back, hide, and wait as long as we can behind the bushes until we get our kill. We'll wait till we get it. We'll do whatever we have to do. We'll camouflage ourselves, and that's what they do. They'll camouflage themselves in church. Sisters, too. Oh, you go to church? I can do anything. You say, get that man. I go to church. You do all that stuff. And then what happens? You realize that that person is really not committed. You'll know in the first 30 minutes of your conversation with somebody if they really commit to Christ. So guess what? If Christ is number one, if they have found the one, it's going to come on the conversation. They'll say, well, I go to church. I'm involved. You know, my church, uh, you know, they'll say something about God. And you know when people are sincere about the relationship with God, or when people are just trying to be religious. I was speaking to a neighbor not too long ago, and the neighbor said, you know, the only hope we have is in the church. And I said, oh, that sounds so deep. You know, yes, you know, we got to serve the Lord and stuff, and, you know. We got to do this. I say, yes, you do. Man, a couple weeks later, neighbor partying, making loud noise. Got people half drunk all outside and stuff. And I said, the only hope we have is the church. Because people would talk a good game. That's why you have to to give you discernment so you can know who's real or who's not real. Because the devil can call the scripture too. 
<laughs> the devil knows this Bible better than some of you know the Bible. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. He is a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking. What does a, what does a seeking lion does? You watch National Geographic, they prowl. They're looking for an opportunity. That's why the Bible says you must, you must not give slew for the devil, not even a foothold. Genesis says, sin is crouching at the door. It's looking for an opportunity to take over your life. What do you need to do? You need to close the door because if you don't master it, it will master you. I have a higher standard on who I'll see. See, we have to, we, we have to make sure that we commit to Christ. We, we have to make sure that we're serious about God. I ain't saying perfect. No one's perfect. But we have to make sure that we're really committed to him today. Because I've seen people take so many shortcuts. And, 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 and it's sad because at the beginning, you go to this beautiful wedding. You see everybody there, family, friends, everybody shedding tears. It's like, wow. And they spend more time preparing for the wedding than they do their marriage. And then 30 days into the marriage, stuff begins to change. You wake up and say, what the heck did I do? Who is this person next to me? It's real. As a pastor, I see it all the time. It's real. There are people who are Christians who are hurting out there because they didn't wait. Especially my sisters. Be careful. Have a higher standard. If it takes a long time, look. It might take a while. I used my sister right here. It took a minute. But she's blessed now. Come on. She got the man of her dreams and then some. Come on. See, some of you want the man, some of you say the sister want the man of your dreams, but you get the man of your nightmares because you don't wait. But you're not sleeping with your best friend. You feel like you're sleeping with the enemy. You don't know where he'll strike next. Jesus said in Revelations, you are neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because, so because you are lukewarm, I am about to spit you out my mouth. In other words, God is saying, I'd rather be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Don't be straddling the fence. Don't go to the club on, on Saturday night and do your little thing and then come to church on Monday and tell me, hi, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, praise you. No, God sees right through that stuff. He's not impressed by that stuff. I'm not impressed by it. Be real. If you, if, if you are on fire for God, if you're serious about God, if, you, if you're passionate about your relationship with Him, then be passionate. I'm not saying you can't go places. I'm not saying the club is bad, but the club can be a distraction. Especially if you know what your weakness is. See, my wife can't go to the club because she came from the club. She was dropping like it's hot. But now she's dropping like it's hot for Jesus. Same, all right? Come on. She just changed dance partners. You have to know what your weaknesses are. Come on, the devil knows your, 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 your flavor of ice cream. If you like it chocolate with sprinkles, he's going to put that right in front of your face and say, you want to eat some? So you have to be careful. Be careful who you see. Because everything that we think is love, sometimes it's not love at all. It's just lust. 
It's just lust. What does lust do? Lust fulfills what I want in the moment. That's what lust does. You look good. I look good. I want you. Want me. Come on. It's selfish. That's what lust is. Because lust never fulfills. It always leaves you wanting more. That's how you get deeper and deeper into lust. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, the Bible says. The pride of life. You get deeper. You get deeper. You get deeper. You get hooked. That's how men get hooked on pornography. You get one hit. It feels good. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't satisfy you. Then you go back again. Then you go back again. Then you go back again. And next thing you know, years go by and you're locked up. You can't get free. I want you to be hot or cold. You need to be hot. You need to be chili pepper hot. Passionate about God. Not letting anything distract you. So you need to have a higher standard on who you'll see. Let's go to number two. You need to have a higher standard on what I'll do or what you'll do. Once I get into a relationship, okay, what do I do now? When I meet somebody... They are a believer. Amen? I meet somebody. They are a believer. I like them. Just because you're a believer don't, don't, don't mean that you don't have no temptation. All right? I tell you, Pastor Vernon, one fine sister. So I was mad. I said, Lord, help my mind. Help my mind, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Come on. Can we be real? Come on now. You have to have a higher standard on what you'll do. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 to 15, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Lived in ignorance means the way you lived before you accepted Christ, before you became a follower of Christ. Before Jesus Christ came into your life, you lived in ignorance because you did not know. You did not know the truth. But now, here today, you're getting the truth. You're in Christ. If you accept Him, you're in Him. So do not live in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So here's the deal. When I meet somebody, and I didn't put no ring on the finger, sisters, no ringy, no dingy. First of all, stop putting the cart before the horse. Brothers, hold it up. Do something. Don't. Keep yourself. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself holy. When you meet somebody, Pastor Vernon, when I met her, she was still my sister in Christ. Even though there was an attraction, obviously there was chemistry there, but I still had respect for her. If I loved her so much, then I would respect her. And first of all, if you have found the one, remember, one is God. That's, the, that's Jesus. You found the one. If you found the one, you'll love the one more than you love your spouse. So you have people who get married and they put they, they they their spouse before God. The only way God will bless your marriage is you keep him first. I love God that I love, more than I love Averna. And Averna loves God more than she loves me. God teaches me unconditional love. So when she does things that make me upset, if I do things things that make her upset, we have unconditional love because we got that love first from God. 
He teaches me how to love. But if I put my love before God's love, then we're in trouble. Because the only thing we have is phileo and eros love. That's the love between a married couple, physical intimacy. Phileo love is friendship love. We get the word Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love. But I need God's love to love my spouse. But that only happens when I put God first in my marriage. Be careful what I'll do. I have to live holy. That word holy is the word hagios, which is a Greek word. The Bible is written in Greek, Hebrew and Greek. Greek is the New Testament. That word means pure, morally blameless, set apart, different. Remember, we are called out. We're not to live the way the world lives. We're not to do things the way the world do. I don't care how corny you look. Because to the world, you're going to always look like a punk. You're going to always look corny. You're going to always look old school. Let them laugh at you. Because years down the line, they'll be looking to you. Come on. Come on. Some of the people I went to high school with are baby mama drama and got two and three different baby daddies and the two brothers messed up in prison and jail. What you doing? I'm fasting and searching after that. How about that? How about that? When you do it God's way, you will always be blessed. No doubt about it. I don't care what you go through. You will always come out on top. Even in your relationships. People look at you. They get jealous of you. Like, what are you getting jealous of me because I did it God's way? You think it's easy doing it God's way? No one said it was easy. Please don't think it's easy because it's not. But it can be done. I have to have a higher standard on what I'll do. I have to be pure. What do you mean by pure, Pastor? Let me step it down. I will wait until marriage to share the intimate blessings of marriage. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm going to be celibate. Clank, clank. Sisters, you will lock it down. Grandma said, girls, keep your skirts down. Brothers, keep your pants up. Zippers, too. Thank you, honey. That's what you got to do. Because let me tell you something. The moment, and see, 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 the thing is, we jump so quick in relationships, and this is how we get into marital trouble. So I'm speaking, I'm speaking from both perspectives. I've been a single person, okay? I've been engaged. Went through that. I had a, first of all, I had a long engagement. Okay, my engagement was a year. But really, I, I, I call it pre-engagement, six months before that. So I had a long engagement. And then I got married. So I can speak from all perspectives because I've been there. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. When you meet somebody, sisters and brothers, and you, and you feel like you have something with that person, you have to take it in stages. You can't talk about, oh, you're the one. I knew I've been praying for you. You must, I'm going to marry you. That's it. You don't, you don't meet someone just talking about you're going to marry them right away. You're going to scare them off. And no one, and anyone's going to want you. <laughs> One of the things you have to be careful of also, because we have this mindset at the church that there's only one person for you. That's not true. There's nothing biblically that says that. 
But let's say you get that one person in that relationship messed up, then you messed up for the rest of your life? You think God would do that? There's only one person in the whole wild world for you? No. There are people who you are compatible with. And you have a choice whether you want to marry that person or not. That's why God has given us all the gifts of called free will. We make our own choices. We make our own decisions. It has to do with compatibility. If we're compatible and it can work between us and I can see you as my spouse and you can see me as your spouse, then we're going to get married. Because some of us, oh, I'm going to wait for something better to come along. <laughs> That's not it. I'm going to wait for something better to come along. You'll be waiting for a long time. A long time. Because while you wait for Mr. Perfect, you have to realize that you're not perfect yourself. You would never, it's a free one, you would never find no one who's a 100% match for you. Closest you'll get is about 80. Yeah, 80. 80 20. I call it the 80 20 rule. Now, once you get married and you grow in your marriage together, then that other 20% can evolve over time. If you choose to grow together, then once you're married, you can still grow apart. They got to find out how to grow back together again. Come on. I told you I've been there. I know. So there's no just one person for you. That's not true. If it messed up between you and Johnny, then move on to move from Bye, Johnny. See ya. We want to be. Move on. That doesn't mean we keep going through relationship, 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 relationship. But that's not God's will either. But my thing is. If you feel like, oh, that's, that's sisters, especially to my sisters who have given it up before they got married. The first person you always sleep with, I'm being real, is the first person you always remember. Why? Because that person left an imprint on your soul. So every time, I wonder how Sean is doing. You could be with Bill then. I wonder how Sean is doing. He had something special. No, you didn't. You slept with him, and you gave a piece of yourself to him, and said, so now you can't get from him because you have what we call a soul tie. Sex was meant for marriage. But the lifelong commitment is still a lifelong commitment. And the person you give yourself to, your, your intimacy is a gift for that person. Now, if you messed up, the great thing, there's a thing called grace. There's a great thing called the blood of Jesus. There's a great thing called forgiveness. There's a great thing called restoration. So if you didn't mess up, i got great news for you. You can start all over again. God can restore you. He, he can release you from that stuff from your past. Because many times it's the past that messes us up that affects our future. That's why we keep making the poor decisions, getting the same relationship over and over and over again. Because we are messed up from our past. We, can, we cannot have a glorious future unless we deal with our past. And God can help us to deal with all the skeletons in our closet. God wants you to be pure. And if you're not pure, make a decision to get pure today. Make a decision to get holy today. Make a decision, I'm, I'm, this is it. This is my last time. This is my last time. I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore. This is my last time. I don't care if you had an abortion. I got people who had, I got people here who had abortions. So what? 
You think God can't forgive you? You think God can't restore you? Yes, he can. You can move past the past. You can move into victory. You can move into being an overcomer. But you have to make the decision today that you're going to be serious about God. Because he'll give you the strength. He'll give you everything that you need to get you through your situation. No doubt about it. I am a witness he can do it. Every time I've been up against the wall, he's made ways and done things that I would have suspected he could do. But you have, you, have, you have to make a decision. I'm going to live on a high standard. Uh, what I do, I'm going to wait until marriage. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. What's the marriage bed? Your bed of intimacy. That should be kept pure. It should be the, mar- it should be in the marriage bed with John and the marriage bed I had with Peter and the marriage bed I had with Bill. And, oh, I tried Jan because I just want to see how that felt. It shouldn't be all that stuff. Oh, come on. Let's be real. Let's talk about it today. Girl, did you always want to try? It wasn't Adam and, and, and what? And Steve and Eve and Louise. That's not what the Word of God says. Shout me down, pick it up. I don't care. That's not what the Word of God says. You need a man and woman to procreate. Last time I checked, things just don't line up. They're the same. Opposites attract. Opposites were made for each other. Do I judge people? No. Do I love them? Yes. God hates the sin but loves the sinner. And that's the mindset we have to have. You are no better than anybody else. No matter how they live, you're no better than them. But thank God for the grace. Thank God that you've been forgiven, that you've been washed in the blood, that you've been redeemed. And you show that love to everybody else. I have a higher standard. What I see, what I'll do. I'm going to wait. When you get in a relationship with somebody, you take it in stages. I call it the five gears. Just like you have a car, you have five gears, and I don't drive stick. I heard it's fun. But there's different gears. I call it the five gears of relationship. The things that I'm, I'm teaching today are found in the book, by Greg Rochelle. It's called Going All the Way, by the way. So if you are interested to read more, what I'm talking about, it's a book called Going All the Way by Greg Rochelle. First gear is your friendship gear. It's the friendship stage. You meet somebody, you have some type of compatibility with, compatibility with them. They're a Christian, and they dedicate to the Lord. They're not just saying they're Christian, they're going to get with you, but they're really serious. They're, they're really passionate about God and where you are. Cool. Okay, so what do you do then? Do you alienate all your friends now? I found somebody. I'll speak to you later. That kind of stuff talked about earlier. No. That's the first mistake we make. We find somebody. We ditch our girlfriends. Ladies, I got a man now. And homeboys, we ditch our boys. Nah, I got to go. I got to go hang out. That's not what you're supposed to do. You want to see each other in your community. You want to see how he responds with his friends and what type of friends he hang out with. Bad character corrects good company, right? So you want to know who, who his friends are. You want to see how he deals with, if he has kids, how he deals with his kids. If he's at home, how did he deal with his parents? How does he talk to other women? Is 
he always late to work? Sisters, that's on the chat. Is he on time? Brothers, you want to see how she acts, how, how, how respectful she is. You want to see, does she have a good character? Or she just always spank and do a little chicken neck thing for my sisters. Friendship. You're just friends. You, get, you, get a, you go to church, you go, get involved in activities. You limit your time alone with each other. You might be attractive, but you say, no, 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 buddy. You, you, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> you're not going to control me, nah. Passions are real. Talk to yourself. Say, no, you're not going to have that. No. I'm not going to kiss her right No, no. No, we're not going to. No, I know I have the visuals, but blood Jesus, help me, Lord. God, give me strength. Come on. You're going to be real. You're going to fight stuff because you're prone to do it the way the world does it. The world, you go to the club, you meet somebody, they buy you a few drinks, you buy them a few drinks, you drink your Alize or what other stuff. Yeah, all that. How do you know about that? Uh-huh. Hmm, where were you last night? You know, we do all that stuff. Then we go back to someone's place, and you, and you act like two horny ferrets in heat. Then you wake up in the morning and say, what did we do? What did we did I do? And you wake up and say, he sure is ugly. It must have been the alcohol. What did I do? What did I do? Because when you do things the world's way, it always clots your thinking. You can't think straight. And when you allow your body to get out of control and you try to express your heartfelt feelings for that person... It caught your thinking. You didn't mean to mess up. You just got caught up. Stage one. I, I'm, I'm limiting. I'm limited being alone with that person. That's the that's that's the that's the first gear. We're just friends. We're cool. I don't have to call you every day. I might just see you on Sundays. Okay? We ain't on each other's Facebook page and texting and IMing and, and FaceTime. We ain't doing none of that stuff. We ain't Skyping. Just, we, just, we just chill. People say, something going on between y'all. No, we just friends. We just friends. Let it grow. Stop trying to push it to be something it's not. Because you're going to grow prematurely. And then you're going to have a whole lot of issues. Let it grow. Take your time. If that person's supposed to be the one, then they'll be the one. That's it. Don't push it to be something that it's not supposed to be. So you go through that phase, you go through the first gear with friends, and you feel like that person's cool, and you're talking. Now, don't take it up a notch without the other person knowing. Y'all need to communicate. Next communicate. Next step, phase two, gear two. Let's take it up a notch. Year two, okay, we spent some more, we spent some, a, a little more time alone. We're doing activities together now. So we're not always with our friends. We still stay connected to our community now. I'm sticking with my homeboys, my family. You come into my world, I come into your world. See, the problem is with, in the world, we alienate ourselves, so we don't really know how that person is in their environment. I have to see you at work. I have to see you in your environment. 
I got to see how you function. Because I got to know if you are a good component for me, a, 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 a good partner for me. So we're spending time together. We're, we're, we're asking each other questions about life, about our experiences. We're not getting deep, deep, deep. But we're talking. We're chatting. This is, this, this is the second gear. You know, spend a little time. We're still limited out. We ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing physical. I'm still respecting that person as my brother and my sister in the Lord. Is she attractive? Yes. Is he handsome? Yes, he is. And all these different things. But there's still a respect. Because I don't know if this is somebody else's husband or somebody else's wife. Yes. That's the type of respect you have to have. I could be kissing somebody else's wife. And I don't want to meet that person who's married 10 years later and think about the way I kissed her and what I did to her. Because I disrespected him. And I disrespected her. So we take it slow. Stuff is happening. I'm sensing that God is blessing this friendship. There's, there's definitely something happening here. I can see it. People around me can see it. I speak to my friends about her. She speaks to his friends. She speaks to her friends about me. She said, what do you think? Come on, you got to get, if your girlfriend is saying, girl, he's no good for you, guess what? He's no good for you. You can't see anyway. Because you so caught up in la la Lenny. Look at his eyes. He got chinky eyes. Your feet are not planted firm on the earth. You're caught up. Listen to your advisors around you. Everybody ain't trying to hate on you. Girl, you just doesn't. You don't got nobody. Don't be trying to hate what I'm doing. No, they're trying to help you out. You listen to your advisors around you. Okay? God is blessing it. Let's go up another notch. Let's go to gear three. Year three is when we really start talking about our future together. We start to spend a little bit more time alone. We're talking about marriage. That's where the M word comes into play. Because now I'm saying I see you as a prospective mate for me. See, we play this dating game. This dating, this, this dating stuff going through John and going through Bill and going through Rebecca and going through Trisha. I'm sorry, that, that, that's not God's book. Keep going, relationship, relationship, relationship. No, 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 no. You just give me yourself away, give me yourself away, give me yourself away so there's nothing left for the person you really go to math. If you're ready to get married, then you need a question, do you really need to be in a relationship right now? Well, I got my education. Well, you need to sit down and focus on your education then. This plan is it's truth. It's truth. I know it hurts. I know it's against what you've been told and what they're saying out there. I know it's against because, you know, sometimes you don't see it going nowhere, but you just want company. You being selfish, you just want your needs met. You just want someone in your life. So you just string that person along, knowing they ain't going to really go nowhere. But you're hurting that person. You don't realize that. You tap it with somebody else's property. If that, if that ain't your man, if that ain't your woman, why are you messing with somebody else's man and woman? They mess up, get pregnant by them, and you locked up with them for the rest of your life. Whether it's your baby daddy or not. 
We can have abortion, but God still sees y'all connected. Year three. Sensing, there's a connection. God is blessing us. People see it. We're spending more time alone. We're talking about our future. Now this is where we begin to talk about our, 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 our past. This is where we begin to say, you know what? Wow, you're beautiful. I love you. I care for you. But now I'm beyond all the love. Now my flesh, my, the natural part of me wants to really express myself to show you that. But I've got to limit that because that's still my mess up my, my judgment. This is the point where you begin to see people true colors. Because, you know, when we first meet each other, when you first love somebody, they put the best foot forward. Like a hologram. It looked one way from afar, but the closer you get, stuff begin to shift and stuff begin to change. This is where you see their baggage and they see your baggage. And this is where you make the decision, and see, especially for my sister. I keep talking to get my sisters today because I've seen so many women get duped. This is where we look for the warning signs. This is where you pay attention to the red flags. Brothers, this is where you look for the warning signs. Let's get my brothers either. This is where you pay, pay attention to the red flags. Things that you have questions about. Girl, if he, if he comes to get an anger problem, he's constantly yelling and, and having angry outspurts and look like he's going to go crazy, you better question twice before you move on, three times, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times before you move on. Because you might be getting yourself into a dangerous situation. If he's talking about he's a Christian, see, the thing is, through this whole process, you got to keep Christ as the focus. See, sometimes as Christians, when you meet somebody, you forget about God, you focus on them, and you still mess up, still want to form it, even being a Christian. If you keep Christ as the center through all times, you will survive and he'll bless it and he'll keep on growing to something beautiful. It's not easy, but it can happen, and it will happen if you make the decision for it to happen. So this is time you, you look at the baggage. This is where you find out about their past. This is where they find out about your past, but this is, this is a pivotal point. This is where we're going to make the decision to really take that step and go for it, or this is where we're going to say, you know what, it's been nice, but I just need, I need to focus not, you know how we say it's not you, it's me, and I just need to focus on the Lord right now. Happy Valentine's Day. You seem to have that focus. But this is the time when you talk about the baggage. You bring up your history. If you have a sexual past, you talk about that. You don't need to get explicit about what you've done. Just say, I have it, because, you know, sometimes, well, I did it, and I, we don't need to know all that. that it's not exciting. It's, it's nothing it's, it's not to celebrate. It's sin. But you're making your spouse aware of your past. So if ever the past come up in their face while you're married, they're like, oh, I know about you. I'm Sasha. We used to go out in high school. I know about you. Oh, yeah, you're the girl he almost got pregnant, right? Yeah. You took the power away because you know. You got to be open with your spouse. See, what we do, I don't want to let him know about that. I don't let him know about this. And stuff in past come back and bite you and hurt you. 
So many marriages are being destroyed because of Facebook. You know why? The high school sweethearts and Johnny from the past found you and he wants you to be his friend and you're going to be his friend and then you're talking that you remember all the good times you had and how it felt and next thing you know you on a date with him and forgot about your husband or your wife. Let's get together. Nothing's going to happen. Let's just go to Starbucks and talk about good times. You are flirting. I got on Facebook, I just make my account private. I want certain people finding me. Come on. I don't work for them people finding my wife. Come on. We got to protect. Look, we work hard for our marriage. It's a fight. Come on. When you do it God's way, it's a fight to do it God's way. And if you mess up, you need to get right and make it right. It's a fight for it. I have to have a higher standard. I'm not, people are going to make fun of you, let them make fun of you. So what? So what? God's applauding you. Come on. You can do it, boo. You're my daughter. You're my son. Come on. I got your back. I'll give you my Holy Spirit. You got all you need. Come on. You're going to make it. Don't let them laugh at you. Don't pay attention to them. Come on. They don't know what you got. Come on. You got God on your side. You don't need to worry. Let me move on. Let me close. Third gear. That God is still blessing. Okay, I see your junk. I know about your past. You see my junk. You know about my past. And I still want to be with you. I still sense there's a connection here. It's part of my junk. It's part of your junk. I see your true colors. I see how you get a little nasty sometimes. I see how you get a little irritable. I see how you need your little space. And I understand that. Okay, all right. I, I can see that. Me and I probably get a little spat, a little arguments and stuff. All right. But I can deal with that. And she can deal with that. And I still love you. I still still connect. Let's move to the next step. Year four. What's year four? Engagement. This is is where I got the private job. Spit in New York. Got got up on the balcony. There's an area where everybody sits. I took up on the balcony. Had a private table. Champagne. Roses. The whole works. I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to propose. On the spirit of New York, September 8th, 2001. I said, okay. Going around New York skyline on the water in the Hudson River. I said, all right, here it is. It was her birthday, so I said, I'm going to surprise her on her birthday. I'm going to propose to her. So the guy comes down, the guy comes to the mic. We want to dedicate this song to Alverna, the tour. From, from, her, from her boyfriend, Arthur Shower, happy birthday. As a matter of fact, come on down to the dance floor. So you're walking down the steps and stuff. And so she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, come on down. So they get downstairs. There's 300 people there. The dance floor is empty. Get on my knee. Say, bam, will you marry me? The engagement. That's the most exciting time, ladies. This is, this is, this is it. It's what you've been waiting for. You're like, girl, how are you doing? Not how you doing. How you doing? How you, oh my God. You be in church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is the time. Oh, hallelujah. And everybody say, congratulations. Girl, look at that ring. You look good. You're glowing. And you go through all that, and it's wonderful. It's a beautiful time. But it's also the most dangerous time. 
But this is the time where you say, well, since they're going to get married, it's okay if you do a little something, son. You know, it's all right. You know, we're going to be married anyway. God, forgive me. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak, God. I'm weak. Come on, let's be real. This is, what do we do? I know I was tempted. Come on. I got the ring on it, so I got You said no ringy, no dingy. I got the first part. No, you got to wait for the complete part. Wait till the marriage band come on. Both rings. It's twofold. But this is the time, and this is, what, this is where we get distracted, especially my ladies. We get distracted. We still focus on the wedding. And we ain't focus on the marriage. This is the time where you can go through your premarital counseling. Yes, it's important. If you're a member of the Gavin Church and you get married, I cannot marry you unless you go through some type of counseling. Counseling is not a bad word, especially for brothers, because we don't like to open up. We'll keep it locked up inside. What do we want to do? But when you go through the process and you learn, see, the, 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 the counseling is not the point that make you feel bad. Because even. It really, I, the word, I, I don't even do counseling. I really use call facilitating. I let you guys do the talking, right? One of my married couples I married, I, I let you guys do the talking. I just sit back and kind of direct the conversation. And you guys do most of the talking. And when you hit your roadblocks, then I give you the tools how to work on it. So when you ain't communicating, when one is getting pissed off and one is getting upset, okay, calm down. This is, this is, uh, you understand what she's trying to say? But she's saying this. No, that's not what she's trying to say. She's saying this. Oh. Do you understand what he's trying to say? No, because he's a good No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying this. He feels this way when you do that. Oh. So when he acts like this, and when you act like that, you're actually saying this. Oh, my God, I didn't know. I love you. I love you too, all right? Because, what, men are from Mars and women are from, and we're both trying to live on, yeah. Got to help you understand. That's all it is. So I'm equipping you with the proper tools that you need so you can have a great marriage. It's not to point out what you did wrong and stuff like that. I, most, most, stuff that most, most couples that I, I minister to, I hardly know about their personal stuff. You share what you're willing to share. You know your junk. I don't need to know your junk. You work on that. I'm giving you tools. When you go, we go to Home Depot and say, look, I want to build a dog house. No, what type of dog house? And what type of dog? No, here's the tools that you need to build a dog house. You work that out. That's what counseling is about. I'm giving you the tools. You work it out. It's your marriage. Whatever you want to share is what you're willing to share. If you don't want to share that, they don't share that. That's it. We make things more complicated and more deeper than what it is. And it could be simplified. We could avert so much fears. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. Okay. Last point. Last point. I have a higher standard on who I see, what I do, and what I'll expect. What I'll expect. What I'll expect. What should you expect in a relationship? Respect, love, honor. What should you respect in a relationship? If he really loves you, he'll wait. You'll wait. If you really love each other, you'll wait for each other. 
You won't put the cart before the horse. You won't be living together before you get married. Say, well, we just need to do this because, you know, we got to stay for the wedding. No. Prepare for the marriage. The marriage was undefiled. And don't get to a lie, well, who's sleeping in the living room? And I'll sleep in the bedroom, and nothing's going to happen. Stop lying to yourself. Something is going to happen. Well, he's going to sleep in my dorm room tonight. You know, the girls don't mind. What? Well, oh, I know I just stuck myself in there. I felt it. <laughs> As it is, you are attracted to this individual. You're trying to keep yourself pure. Why would you be living with the person before he put the ring? For you, but you're going to set yourself up for trouble. Because let me tell you something. When, when my fiance, my wife now would look at me a certain way, I just say, "Lord, help me today." And I look at her a certain way. She goes, "Why are you looking at me like that?" I'm like, "What you mean? Why well, look at you like that?" Come on, you're passionate for each other. Go put yourself. You you you're going to fall. You're going to do something. Well, Pastor, we do everything, but that's still wrong. No type of play. How about that? And you know what I'm saying. What I expect. Holiness. Doing it God's way. What you can expect when you do it God's way, live to his standards. It's a beautiful relationship. It's a blessed union. And look, if you got married and you made a mistake and you're in a rough place, God can still restore that. No hope is lost. God is in the business of putting things back together. There was one couple that I know married for a number of years. All of a sudden, stuff happened. He moved out. And they both went to the same church. For five years, they were separate. Bertha went back, got her maiden name back, said, I'm not that no more. This is my name. Lived her life. He lived, her, she, he lived his life. Both in the church, both Christians, both loved the Lord. And uh, on the fifth year, she said, well, I'm about to file the papers because, you know, there ain't nothing happening here. This thing is a dead horse. Stuff, something happened. She went to go to talk to him about it. Some spark rekindled. And next thing you know, they, they got remarried. Now they have a beautiful daughter. Now they have a beautiful home. And God restored it. But God can restore marriage. I don't care how, how badly messed up it is. If you allow God to really touch your heart, because sometimes we don't want God to touch your heart, that means, but I really got to forgive him. Yeah, God forgave you. You think you, you think you all that great? God can restore it. God is in the business of putting things back together, of mending hearts today. I gotta close. Everybody stand up. I want to pass my time. Did y'all get something from this today? Is this gonna help you? All right. I take my time doing these series because this is really important. This will affect the rest of your life. You could jack yourself up if, you, if, if you're not careful. What you do now will affect you for the next 50, 60, 70 years.
Let's bow our heads and pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, this afternoon. And Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for allowing this word to go forth. I thank you for the truth, God, that the truth sets us free. It doesn't always feel good, but we know we need it. It's like Buckley's. It don't taste good, but we know it's going to help us feel better when we're sick. Father, I pray today that you would touch each and every man and woman in this place. If this message is for you, I just want you to raise your right hand right now. Just lift it up to God. Father, you see the hands that are raised today. Lord, I stretch my hands towards them, that you will strengthen them, that you will bless them, that you will cover them, that you will keep them. Some of them are waiting for that person to come. Some of them, oh God, are waiting for you to do something new in their lives. Lord, I pray that you'll do it today, that you'll begin the process, that you'll keep them. Some of them have already made mistakes, but say, Lord, I'm sorry, I want to be restored. I want to be made new. Please touch me. Please make me pure again. God, you can do it. Through the blood of Jesus, Lord. So I pray that you will cover each and every one of them today. I pray that you will keep them. Keep them from temptation. Keep them in the hours of weakness. Keep them in the hours where they feel like they're all alone, God. I pray that you will strengthen them and fortify them today. And let them know that they're not by themselves. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you will cover all the married couples in this house, God. Even those who are not present here today. Lord, we bind the spirit of divorce. We bind separation. In the name of Jesus, we pray for restoration. Oh, God, we pray, oh, God, that you will heal communication lines. We pray that you bring restoration tonight, Father God. Bring restoration tonight, Father God. Do it, Lord. Father God, we pray for a whole church, a whole family, God. Not broken ones, God. So, Lord God, bring the transition. Bring the transformation, Father, tonight. We pray, even now, in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, bless the offering as we're about to give, Lord God. Lord God, bless those who have and those who don't have, God. Let it go on to your ministry. Let it be multiplied. Even now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Cover us as we were even prepared to leave this place today, God. Let your blood cover us. Let us think deeply of what we heard today. Let it not go in one ear and go out the other. Let us not be ignorant. Oh, God, but let us be aware. God conscious, not self-conscious. God conscious to understand that I have to have my mind transformed. I can't think the way the world is thinking. I might look like a fool to them, but I'm wise in Christ Jesus. So I thank you today for covering them and keeping them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.